Well, hello and welcome to this week's episode of Political State from the Oklahoman. I'm Ben Felder here in the News OK studios, and joining me is the Political State crew, Dale and Justin. Gentlemen, how are you? Fantastic. Well, welcome to what I am officially going to be calling Strike Watch 2018. The teachers are threatening to uh, walk out of schools here in three plus weeks. I actually think uh, Nondoc actually has a counter uh, down to the moment <laughs> that's going to happen. Um, but uh, yeah, teachers are threatening to, to walk out of schools unless uh, demands are met, which include a $10,000 pay raise, $5,000 pay raise for school support staff, $200 million in education funding, a pay raise for state employees, uh, health care funding. I mean, it's over $800 million this year, eventually $1.4 billion in new spending that they are saying they want or, or they're going to walk out in April 2. Or April 2nd. So, Dale, how, uh, how quickly can the legislature put this together and uh, avoid this walkout? Realistically, they don't have much time. You know, we've the, a, a raising revenue for schools, for uh, teacher pay, raising revenue for, uh, you know, the state's social service agencies uh, has been uh, the number one to topic at the legislature for, for the last uh, eight months to a year. And really, it's, it, the legislature's gotten nowhere. Um, so it's, it's hard for me to think that they can uh, get something to get together in time uh, within the span of uh, just three, three weeks or so uh, to get teachers a pay raise and to, to fill all these funding needs. However, um, you're looking at quite an ultimatum here, right? Mm -hmm. You're talking about teachers walking out of class um, and essentially uh, what could eventually be a stoppage of, uh, of public education in Oklahoma. Uh, so how how do you respond if you're a legislator? Uh, does that shake any kind of, uh, uh, of motivation into you to vote for something that you previously voted against? I don't know. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll get into the politics because that's what we do here on the show. But um, you, know, you talk about the legislature doesn't have much time, but mm -hmm. that's if they want to. And like you said, you know, right. how does that motivate you? Part of what the legislature is going to have to do is come up with a way to fund it. The Oklahoma Education Association, the state's largest teachers union, um, announced their demands yesterday or on Thursday. And they basically said, when it comes to paying for it, that's up to the legislature. They need to decide. So, they're, so we're not talking, there is no bill, there is no piece of legislation, there is no proposed tax increase. Um, the OEA kind of threw out some ideas like gross production tax and income tax, but simply just saying, hey, there's, there's ways to do it. We believe the legislature uh, can get this done. Um, but this is, uh, I mean, this, is, this would be the first walkout since 1990, but one big key difference since that walkout in 1990 is it was all over the emergency clause on a bill. House Bill 1017 had passed, but the emergency had failed. They needed two-thirds, I believe, at the time to get the emergency passed. They wanted that emergency to have it go into effect immediately. And teachers had a four-day walkout and eventually got the legislature to approve it. But there was a bill, there was a clause, there was a focus. Here, we have a bill, or a price bill, you know, a, pr a price tag, but we, we don't have any legislation yet. Right, and then there could be a, there could be a vehicle out there that has some of this mm -hmm. stuff in it, but really there's no, there's no big presentation saying, well, let's, let's pass House Bill 2010, um, and, and that's what we want you to do. No, it's find a way to uh, to raise teacher salaries. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you were saying, I mean, the legislature has been talking about teacher pay for a while yeah. now. Um, we've seen a couple attempts at in, that of a, approving one. Um, last November, we saw one, I think, $6,000 teacher pay raise. 
uh, last month we saw a $5,000 teacher pay raise. Both of those votes failed to, to get the, the three-fourths uh, threshold that was needed in the legislature. Right. So you look at it and say it's been hard enough for the legislature to get a $5,000 teacher pay raise on its own or a part of a package. Mm -hmm. And now, not only do you double the, the request to $10,000, but you throw in you know, quite, quite a bit. State I, employees without judging the validity of that request, it's just, it's a big ask. Well, it was already a big ask, and now it, it seems like quite a, quite a huge one. And, and teacher pay was always sort of secondary to all of those bills. Right. The, the first thing that they had to do was fully fund the Department of Human Services, Healthcare Authority, and the Department of Mental Health. That was always the number one goal in those revenue discussions. And um, eventually, teacher pay made it onto a lot of those uh, priority lists. Uh, but really, it was secondary to the most immediate thing that was at hand, mm -hmm. which was those, those three agencies that lost money in the shortfall. Um, and, and now, you've got um, those agencies pretty much taken care of. Uh, for the most part, and uh, now the the teachers are saying now it's time for us. You've got to you got to think about us, and and realistically, uh, the legislature is going to have to have a funding bill, mm -hmm. and then however many bills it takes to uh, spend that money, and they really have to have something presented next week um, to have the time to go through everything because it takes at least a week for a bill to get through the legislature and signed by the governor. Yeah. I assumed when I heard the demands, and I'm going to call them demands rather than ask from the teachers well, union, the because there's an ultimatum at the yeah. end. I assumed that they're starting very high and that they would come down. Is that the sense you got? You were there at the press conference. You know um, these people as well as anybody. Well, what was your sense? Well, in the uh, uh, Alicia Priest, the OEA president, and her pr prepared remarks, I mean, she was very clear that this is what we're asking for, and schools will shut down until we get it. The first question that I had, the first question of the press conference was, how much wiggle room are these in those numbers? Is this a yeah. negotiation? And she, and you could say she dodged the question, but I don't know. She said, this is what we're asking for. This is the ask. So, I mean, so to me, I kind of initially took that as like, well, that's not a direct yes or no. And of course, she's not going to say, oh, of course, $10,000 is just our starting. You know, we're willing to go down. Sure. It's not how negotiation, you, know, you <laughs> right. don't want to play negotiations that way. But I think, by, by all indications, they're firm to these requests. And even if, there's, if there's, they're willing to have some wiggle room on some of the amounts, are they in, are they, do they have enough uh, wiggle room to drop something? Like, are they willing to say, hey, we'll, the state employee pay, we'll drop that from this. Or we'll, you know, we'll drop uh, school funding, or we'll drop, whatever it may be. They may come down on all those areas, but they still, to me, have committed themselves to those to those areas. The other thing you have to wonder is, you know, this is a union saying it, and we can get into this a little bit later. But it seemed I, I feel like the teachers have really kind of pushed the union to to call this quickly. Um, will the teachers be pleased with that? You know, now they put ten thousand dollar pay raises out there. Um, what if they come back and say, you know, we four is the best we can get, or five? I mean, it just kind of matters. It, it depends on how, you know, how our teachers going to be pleased with that. It is interesting the way this cropped up on social media. That was such a big influencer, very much a, a 2018 way of coming to this point. You know? Yeah, I mean, you have teachers organizing on social media and their supporters, um, and yeah, maybe even pushing the union to act on something like this, pushing certainly districts to figure out how they're going to handle this. Yeah, and then it's just such a different way of. Uh, not, they haven't called a strike yet, but getting towards that mm -hmm. that direction, I and mean, even going down that path using social media is interesting. It's yeah. interesting. 
Can, can you understand though why the um, why the teachers union, if they were hesitant, why they would be hesitant to say uh, we're going to strike? Uh, because a, a teacher strike is really the final option. It's the last thing in their quiver. Mm -hmm. um, after a teacher strike, after you walk out, what else is there? Yeah. What are the demands can you make? Yeah, no, you're exactly right. Uh, the OEA executive director, David Duvall, I actually sat down with him a few months ago um, and had an interview with him about the 1990 strike, of which he was at the OEA at the time, was in the room when the decision was made. And uh, I actually have a story in Sunday's paper that kind of uh, pulled some parts from that conversation. I mean, he'll tell you, it was a stressful time. I mean, one, you, you call a strike, you don't know if your teachers are going to respond. They did in 1990. But two, how does this end? Like, what if the legislature just doesn't do anything? I mean, you know, how long is too long? What if you get to a week and then a month? I mean, it was only four days in 1990, but when you make that decision, you're thinking worst case scenario in your mind, and worst case is that nothing happens. And then at what point do you you know, call it quits. And that is a huge blow. I mean, it's one thing to negotiate, but to, I mean, to call a strike, to mobilize uh, teachers, and then, you know, what, a month later to say, it's not gonna work out, we all have to go back. I mean, you're just not gonna have happy people on, on both sides of the issue. So yeah, I think the OEA was probably hesitant. Um, now, they've been talking about strike being a possibility. I mean, they've, they've said that for, for months now. Um, I think that they probably thought, because there was no bill, that you know we can't call a strike without some piece of legislation, and maybe something like this uh, GPT state question that could be coming this year to raise it to seven percent. That should be what we put all our eggs in the basket of, and really kind of mobilize around that, marketing around that. Um, but uh, yeah, teachers were were not willing to wait. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, and it's really no it's really no surprise because. The the, uh, the political force uh, behind the the teacher movement, the education movement, mm -hmm. has has felt like it's been growing. Yeah. Um, uh, over the past couple of years, and uh, the frustration that led to uh, so many teachers being uh, filing for office mm -hmm. and uh, several being elected, um, all in the name of teacher pay and te and education, uh, paying s uh, school uh, appropriations better school appropriations. Um, uh, I guess this might be the head uh, yeah. of, of all of that work. Well, yeah, I mean, I think we've been coming to this moment for a while. It shouldn't be a surprise. I mean, maybe the, how the logistics of it worked out this week, maybe, but uh, the fact that we've come to this point shouldn't be too surprising. You're exactly right. And we have seen, we've seen teacher rallies at the Capitol over yeah. the last few years. We've seen a state question effort to increase the sales tax um, that failed. Uh, by a vote of the people, but we saw the legislature say, hey, majority of the legislature seemed to be against it and said, hey, it's our job, we'll, we'll get this figured out. It didn't happen. We've seen teachers run for office, so you're right. I mean, what other boxes there really to check? I mean, if you're a teacher, that's probably what you're asking. What else can I do but, just, but, but walk off the job? Now, walking off the job for teachers, the hope is that you're putting some pressure on lawmakers. Um, is that a given, that uh, if schools close, that the public is going to side with teachers, especially those that maybe now are having to juggle their kids and, and all the other challenges that go along with it. That, that'll be the message that the teachers and the teachers union have to present to people. Um, will, they, will the teachers union and the teachers be going on TV, um, uh, airing ads, uh, talking to people like us uh, constantly? I think they'll pretty much have to do it every day mm -hmm. during the strike yeah. to remind people this is why we're doing it, right? Mm -hmm. um, otherwise people, you know, the general public might forget. 
but the the pressure that they put on lawmakers is is the important part, right? And uh, Oklahoma Watch reported that uh, the president of the Senate, or President Pro Tem of the Senate, Mike Schultz, uh, really doesn't foresee the legislature giving in to the teachers' demands, mm -hmm. and even just a pay raise, uh, he gave it a 50-50 odds. Mm -hmm. To just the pay raise component. Just the pay raise. And probably not the 10000 Right. And it should be noted that they've said, hey, we'll take 6000 in year one to give you three years to get up right. to 10000 But, uh, yeah, I talked to uh, Representative Tammy West today, um, a former school board member, who was saying that, uh, listen, we're still working on $5,000. Um, $10,000 impossible. We're, it's not going to happen this year. Yeah. While the OEA was meeting yesterday, um, McCall sent out, the, a statement saying that, hey, we're still working for 5000 and I still believe we can get there. So, I mean, and the 10000 figure had been out for days. Mm -hmm. um, so he was well aware what they, were gonna, what they were going to be requesting. So, I mean, so far we haven't seen any indication from legislative leaders yet um, that, that they are eager to start working on these demands, right? Yeah, any more than they already have. Yeah, and like I said, they've been, they've been doing this for, for a while. Um, I do think that that public opinion is still to be determined. I mean, we've seen polling that shows that a lot of Oklahomans are in favor of of schools getting more money, teachers getting more pay. Um, and when you ask that as just a blanket question, I think the majority of Oklahomans in numerous surveys and polls has said, yes, we support that. A lot of Oklahomans said that they supported teacher pay raises before um, state question 779, and that ended up getting defeated. Um, so when you actually start to put the dollars and cents, you know, on, on paper and families start to act, see how this is going to impact us, and see, we don't even know how it's going to be funded. We don't know what kind of taxes and what kind of, you know, what kind of debate is going to be over. I mean, man, there's just so much. I feel like we don't even know the half of it yet. Not just because, not even just what the strike will look like, but just, like, what can be done on that? A lot of unanswered questions. If, I'll just put it this way. If it... If the law, if the legislature met these demands, it would be one of the most. I don't want to be hyperbolic here, but I mean, we would have never seen anything like it to see the to see an Oklahoma legislature mobilize a quickly and B around one of the largest tax increases in history, if not the biggest, um, would be quite a. Well, they're asking, quite a shocking. You said thing. you said asking about eight hundred million in year one, but eventually getting to one point four billion dollars. Yeah. Yeah, it would, be, it would be the most impressive thing I've ever seen the legislature do. And to do it in the span of three weeks or four weeks if you can't get it done before they start striking. Um, that, that's, I, I don't want to say it's impossible, but I haven't seen the legislature do anything like that before, um, as, uh, you know, outside of uh, natural disasters. Yeah. So what do you think, I mean... That's why it surprised me. The OEA request surprised me how big it was. I'm not, I'm not making a judgment on it. I'm just saying, give it like you're right. Given the the history of the legislature so far, um, they didn't. They're not tossing them a softball. That's for that's for sure on this one. Well, what else is going on at State Capitol this week, Dale? <laughs> well, uh, we're gonna keep uh, Charles McCullough speaker. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, Republicans uh, had held a caucus meeting, and uh, it's all done behind closed doors. Uh, it's all within the Republican caucus. Uh, but they uh, they all voted to not they they all they didn't all vote but a majority of them voted to keep Charles McCall as Speaker of the House. Uh, he originally had four challengers, three of them dropped out, leaving just him and Enid State Representative uh, Chad Caldwell. Um, they've both been in the legislature. Um, 
uh, I think about the same time, if not uh, the uh, began at the same time. But um, ultimately, Charles McCall won. Um, we don't know the the vote tally. Um, I don't even know if they keep a vote tally. Uh, if they tell the other members that, they just say who got the most votes. Um, but we'll have uh, Charles McCall speaker, presumably, unless something happens for uh, the next two sessions. Yeah. Was it was it odd for a uh, standing speaker seeking to keep that role to face that many challengers, or is that just kind of part of um, the course? I, I think sometimes you may have a challenger, um, but to draw uh, to draw four challengers, uh, including um, some. Uh, Lawmakers and, and these weren't these weren't fringe lawmakers. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Representative Tommy Harden, um, uh, Todd Russ, Chad Caldwell, and Charles Otega. Um, th these weren't sort of on the uh, way outside of the political spectrum, trying to challenge a, a speaker who's too centrist uh, or too, you know, willing to work with uh, the other side or or whatever the case may be. Um, uh, I, I think there's some real division still within the mm -hmm. uh, within the House GOP caucus, and it showed in the number of people who originally wanted to challenge Charles McCall. Uh, eventually, they were convinced that they either didn't have enough votes or that it would be better in their favor to step down from challenging him. Um, but um, ultimately, the, the vote showed that uh, a majority of the Republicans wanted to keep Charles McCall. Yeah, well, and and McCall's not a fringe lawmaker no. either. Um, I mean, so does it? Do you feel like? Did it? Do you think it kind of spoke that there are some in the Republican Party who felt like, um, you know, we want kind of a moderate voice, moderate for Republican, or I kind of? I, I, what do you think? It, what do you think it kind of says about some grumblings in the in the caucus? Well, and, and uh, even I wouldn't call him uh, a moderate. Well, not moderate by like. From the left to the right, but I mean, even maybe for maybe Republicans, moderated, moderated voice. Republican. Yeah. You know, not yeah. the fringe Republican that you know. I mean, you know, he's a banker. He's kind of you know. I think, uh, you know, I don't know that he's somebody who wants to focus a lot sometimes on a lot of these social bills or controversial bills. Right. I mean, for him, he's he mainly talks about the budget. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I I don't know what was said behind those closed doors, but uh, he, the Speaker McCall, had to convince the members of his caucus that he was the best one for the job, um, that he was the best at the negotiating table when it came to Democrats, that he was the best um, sitting in the governor's office trying to hammer out a deal uh, that she would sign. And they also had to think about what was coming up next, um, specifically who was going to be the next governor, mm -hmm. who was going to be the next uh, president pro tem of the Senate, because Mike Schultz is uh, term limited, he cannot mm -hmm. run again. And what's the political landscape going to look like for the next two years? Um, Will a gross production tax increase pass? Who knows? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, what kind of challenges are they going to face uh, financially uh, if Oklahoma's economy doesn't stop leveling out in an upward direction? Yeah. Um, and obviously, they thought he's the man. Yeah, man. Talking about what the political landscape is going to look like in two years, I don't know what it's going to look like in two weeks right now. I mean, it's, it's quite a bit moving. Um, some criminal reform, criminal justice reform bills also making their way through, or that's right. This generated a lot of hubbub at the end of last session, and it kind of got got forgot about because of the uh, the uh, shortfall and the fight for budget uh, revenue. Um, but at the end of last session, there were a number of criminal justice reform bills that were blocked in committee by mm -hmm. the chairman. That chair uh, is no longer in the legislature. Um, 
and seemingly the, those bills would be free to move along. However, um, uh, a, the uh, prosecutors of Oklahoma have been have been blamed for continuing to hold these bills up, um, and the the person assigning that blame is uh, former Speaker of the House Chris uh-huh. Steele, who is uh, one of the the biggest figures in criminal yeah. justice reform, and and so. Uh, what happened uh, this last week is that uh, Governor Fallon announced, uh, standing alongside prosecutors, that these bills would be able to now move forward. Uh, they wouldn't be advanced in their current form. They would be changed. Um, we, I don't, we don't know the exact changes yet, mm-hmm. uh, but they're going to come out of a conference committee and uh, presumably be voted on um, in the uh, House and Senate in the next week or two. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch those. So other business is still going on, but uh, we yeah. expect the, this education funding fight to, to become the, the dominant headline here. Well, and forward. this next week is a deadline week. It's going to be yeah. very, very busy for lawmakers. They've got probably hundreds of bills to get through to get off the floor and sent to the other chamber across the rotunda. Yeah. Uh, also worth noting, I guess we had a special election earlier this week, um, a Republican seat that stayed in Republican hands. Yep. Um, I think we've kind of seen, it feels like, you know, over the last uh, year, you know, a lot of attention to Democrats have been able to pick up some seats and, uh, you know, a lot of it was blamed on voter frustration towards maybe the Republicans in control. I think there's part of that, but it also, these were some more moderate districts mm-hmm. or districts that were maybe trending in the other direction. Um, but so far, the last couple of races, uh, you know, these strongly Republican seats uh, have pretty much stayed that way. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking about Chickasha, Southwestern Oklahoma. Um, the, the guy that they elected before was the same guy who I mentioned earlier was mm-hmm. holding up those uh, criminal justice bills uh, in committee. He was very conservative. Um, and so we now have uh, the mayor of Marlowe, uh, Brad <laughs> Bowles, who was uh, elected to fill that seat. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I don't, do we have any more special elections coming up before the primaries? I think that's it, right? right um, I think that, that's probably it. Um, We've got uh, Casey Murdoch was just elected to the Senate mm-hmm. uh, from the House, and so his seat is going to be vacant. And um, I don't think they're going to try to fill it before the uh, before the primary because the filing for the primary election happens very very soon. Yeah, I don't think they're filling that. I mean, I know like uh, Senator Holt's seat as he leaves to become mayor of Oklahoma City, I believe, is, will stay right. vacant until uh, till the election in November. Uh, primaries in June and then election in, yeah. in November. So. All right, well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Political State. Uh, You can find us each and every Friday here at News OK. Join us next week. We'll continue to talk about the latest in Oklahoma politics with Justin and Dale. I'm Ben. We'll see you next week.